0: Hello there, this is Jeff, one of the team at Sydney Observatory, which is part of the Museum of Applied Arts and Sciences, and I'm going to take you on a tour for what's visible for the month of June. The museum acknowledges Australia's First Nations peoples as the traditional owners and custodians of the land, and gives respect to elders, both past and present, and through them to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. You will need some supplies for this tour that will make it much easier to follow. The main one is a star map. You can download it from our website or use the one in the Australasian Sky Guide 2020 by Dr Nick Lom. Perhaps 40 to 50 minutes after sunset, go outside and find somewhere with as clear a view as you can get of all four cardinal directions. I want you to start by looking to the west. What do you see? Do you see stars? Is one much brighter than the others? How do you know they are stars? And more importantly, what are they? For a long time people simply accepted them as distant objects. It is only relatively recently that we have discovered that each of these twinkling points of light is a nuclear engine of unimaginable fury converting millions of tons of fuel into energy every second for millions to billions of years. Up close, everyone is a deadly source of heat and radiation, but across the gulf of space and time, they help us navigate, they inspire, they are part of a canvas, and they are characters in stories. The first character or star we will look at may still be hanging in the fading glow of sunset. It is the brightest star in the night sky, and is known as Sirius the Dog Star. It is roughly 20 degrees above the horizon, and there is a convenient way for you to measure this. Simply hold out your hand and spread your fingers. From pinky tip to thumb tip is approximately 20 degrees, regardless of your age or size. Sirius is just under nine light-years away, and I want you to think about that. This means you're seeing it as it was nine years ago. You're looking back in time. It is about twice the diameter of the sun and about 25 times as bright. Being close to the horizon, it's about 30% fainter than it is when overhead because of the thicker atmosphere as you look toward the horizon. Thousands of years ago, Egyptians used this star to work out the length of the year to within 11 minutes of what we use today for the length of the tropical year. If you've ever played dot to dot, here is your first chance tonight to hunt for patterns within the stars or constellations. Sirius marks the chest of the big dog. Its neck and head are lower at the moment, consist of fainter stars that are very difficult to see. So use your imagination to fill in the missing parts. From Sirius, go ever so slightly to the left for the front legs, then back up from Sirius to the next bright star for the bottom, splitting off to the rear legs and the tail. Did I mention the star map would help? Turn to the left a little and go up a little bit higher to 30 degrees, or one hand span and one clenched fist. Here you will see the second brightest star in the night sky. This one is much bigger than Sirius. It's about 310 light years away. Seventy times the diameter and 10,000 times brighter than the Sun. The extra distance means that we see it as the second brightest star in the night sky. But it is the brightest star in Carina the Keel. This is a constellation that was part of a much larger one called Argo Navis the ship that carried Jason and the Argonauts in search of the Golden Fleece. Again, turn to your left, so you're facing south, and up to about 60 degrees, or three handspans, to see a small, bright and famous constellation known as Crooks, or the Southern Cross. At this time of year, it clearly looks like the namesake, a Christian cross, but to different communities around the world it looks like different things. To some, it is an anchor, a footprint of an eagle, a stingray or an emu's head. Different cultures have different ideas. Most of our sky stories have come from the Middle East thousands of years ago via Egypt and Greece, but that does not mean they are the only way to see things. In Australia, there is an ever-increasing awareness of the rich indigenous knowledge of the sky that predates all others. Where possible, I would urge everyone to engage with community and listen. We know this is the real cross because if you look to its left, as we see it now, you can see two bright stars that point toward the cross. The more distant is the third brightest star in the night sky and the closest to us after the sun at 4.3 light years. It is known as Alpha Centauri. Rigel Cantorus, or Tolyman. Even a modest telescope will resolve or split this twinkling light into two stars similar to the Sun that are locked in a gravitational dance of about 80 years to orbit each other. Further away, and too small to be seen, is a smaller dwarf star in orbit of these two in orbit of each other. This little star is called Proxima Centauri as it is the one that comes closer to us than any other, our neighbour. This is a rich part of our galaxy, the Milky Way, to scan if you have a small telescope or a pair of binoculars. Leaving the Southern Cross, turn to your left until you see one bright golden orange star perhaps about 30 degrees above the horizon. That star is the brightest in the constellation of the Scorpion. It is the 15th brightest star in the night sky and only about 12 million years old. At 800 times the diameter of the Sun and 15 times its mass, it must be a young massive star that is already showing signs of running low on fuel. For such a star, it can only do one thing, and that is explode as a supernova sometime within the next few million years. It is called Antares and means rival of Mars. As the red planet and this star come close together every few years, concentrate on Antares and you should be able to see stars equidistant on either side that make a relatively straight line. Go to the left and up and look for a T-junction from this line of three. These stars represent the head and the claws of the scorpion. Go back past Antares, which is the heart, and follow a sweeping curve of stars that make a hook or a tail. With the star map as a guide, it will be much easier to see. Away from the cities and towns on a moonless night, this area is the brightest part of the Milky Way and is quite literally breathtaking. The core of our galaxy, with its monstrous black hole Sagittarius A star, is right on the horizon at this time, not that you can ever actually see it anyway. As you may suspect, continue to your left, to the northeast, and look for the fourth brightest star in the night sky at roughly 26 degrees above the horizon it is classed as a red giant, and is the brightest star in the northern sky. It is Arcturus, and about 38 light-years away, 25 times the diameter of the sun, and 170 times brighter. Despite its size, it is only slightly more massive than the sun, which tells us it is at the end of its life, and will shortly die by gently shedding the outer layers to expose the hot nuclear heart that will then cool over billions of years as a white dwarf. A similar fate awaits the Sun but not for another few billion years. Go up from Arcturus to about 60 degrees and the 16th brightest star. It is a blue-white star again roughly 12 billion years old and 25,000 degrees on the surface at about 260 light years away. It is called Spica. It is the brightest star in the constellation of Virgo. Like so many other stars, it is a multiple star. The two stars that we see as one are both bigger than the sun and can only be separated by looking at their spectra or their rainbows of light. It is a well-studied star, even back to the time of Hipparchus of Nicaea in the 2nd century BCE, as it is close to the ecliptic which is the line along which the planets, sun and moon seem to move. It is thought that this is the star that helped him identify the precession of the equinoxes, a 26,000-year wobble of the Earth's axis caused by the gravitational pull of the sun and the moon. From Spica, head down to your left again to the north norwest and look for what appears to be a faint upside-down question mark, using a map as a guide. It may not be easy to see, but it's worth a try, as it represents the head and the chest of Leo the Lion, another of the zodiacs. Our last stop for the evening is a star about 11 large years away in the west-northwest, and about 20 degrees above the horizon. It too is a binary star with one a little bit bigger and one a little bit smaller than the sun. To the naked eye, they appear as the eighth brightest star at night, Procyon. Its name comes from Greece and means before the dog, as it rises just before the brightest star at night, Sirius, which is where we began our tour. Special events for June 2020. Phases of the Moon. Full Moon will be on Saturday the 6th at 5.12am. Last quarter, Saturday the 13th at 4.24pm. New moon is on Sunday the 21st at 4.41pm and first quarter moon is on Sunday the 28th at 6.16pm Australian Eastern Standard Time or AEST. The winter solstice is on Sunday the 21st with the sun reaching its most northerly point as we see it at 7.44am. This marks the day of the least amount of daylight. There will be a partial eclipse of the sun on the 21st, but it will only be visible from Darwin in the Northern Territory. It will begin at 5:33 p.m. and reach a maximum of 11% before it sets at 6:06 p.m. Australian Central Standard Time. The best place to view this annular eclipse is from Central Africa, India, Nepal, and China. Please note. Solar eclipses are very dangerous to look at, and eye damage is irreversible. Welders' glasses are not appropriate. The only planet visible in the evening sky is Mercury, low in the northwest in the constellation of Gemini, but only for the first two to three weeks before it is lost in twilight. Jupiter and Saturn are close to each other in the region of Sagittarius and Capricornus. The waning moon slips by on the 8th and 9, making a lovely view from around 9pm on both nights. The morning sky is dominated by the goddess of love and beauty, Venus in Taurus the Bull. On the 19th the thin crescent waning moon is above and to the north, while on the 20th it will be below and to the east. Mars spends most of the month in Aquarius, with the last quarter moon nearby from around midnight on the morning of the 13th. Don't forget you can purchase your copy of the Australasian Sky Guide at most bookstores and from our website at www.maz.museum. And of course at the Powerhouse Museum and Sydney Observatory Shops. We love to interact with our audience and I especially with teachers. So please leave any comments or questions below or email me at learn at museum. My name is Jeff and I hope you've enjoyed this tour of the June night sky.